BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It was an amazing experience, and I'm so happy to be part of uh, the UFC now. Guys had to be patient, conserve a little energy, and uh, pick my shots. Ladies and gentlemen, your boy Eric Anders. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt and I, in a moment, we'll be getting to our first interview. We always start right before our first guest for some reason. I don't know why we do that, but we just, I know why Jimmy, why? Well, I don't want to, I, I, you know, I like people to see behind the scenes. Yes. And usually it's my tardiness. So yeah, we have uh Kay Hansen, who will be speaking to in just a moment. And also we have uh, Eric Anders on the show returning um, as well. You know what I love about Eric Anders, a lot of things, but you know what I really love about him? What is his nickname? Do you know his nickname? I don't remember it. You don't remember it? The Terror? Well, Jimmy, no. You don't know his, his nickname, I don't remember. Eric no, Anders? I don't I'm, you're lucky I remember your name. I'm, well, my memory stinks. It's fun to say because it's Eric. Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah, boy. That's right. Yeah, your boy. <laughs> oh, that's how you say it? Yeah, boy. We have to talk to him because I thought it's yeah, boy. Um, Maybe. Your boy, I think. Okay. All right, let's get to Kay. We'll ask him how let's to pronounce get to it. Kay. Or we can just watch Bruce Buffer say it once. No. It, it's what your is boy. it? Your boy? Or your boy. Yeah. What is it? Your boy. Y-A-B-O-Y or B-O-I. Your boy. For some reason, I thought it was yeah, boy. That's incorrect. Hi, Kay. Hi, Kay. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Excellent. Doing well. Um, Matt was scolding me because I could not remember uh, Eric Anders' nickname. I'm not very good with uh, remembering nicknames. I have a terrible memory, so it's you good to see you. You know his nickname, Kay? What happened? You know Eric Anders' nickname? Uh, I don't know. Well, some say it's, what is it, Jimmy? It's your boy. Y-A- it's your boy. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. But your boy. some people yeah. call it, yeah, boy, like that. And, and by some people, Matt means he does. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you have a nickname? I don't have a nickname. Like, who needs everyone's one? tried, but nothing has stuck. So it has to come organically. Yeah. I feel like it's been too forced. So I have yet to find one, but I'm okay. I feel like Kit Hansen has like a nice little little ring to it. Nice and easy. There are some that are great. Like Anderson, the spider Silva it was great. Uh, Rowdy Rhonda uh, Rousey's a great nickname. Yeah. It, 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 they have to flow. And I yeah. guess it all, when you have to hear Bruce Buffer saying it. Exactly. When he says it, everything sounds better. So it does, right? <laughs> we need yeah. something original, like another nickname, like the pit bull. Oh, no. Come on, man. <laughs> Who comes up with, I mean. It's crazy. Well, Arlovsky's 20 years in, though. So that's fair. Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. Hey, listen, I was just watching your last fight versus mm-hmm. Fletch, just to just, because I haven't seen it in a while. But uh, I'll tell you, what a debut. Because you have, what I like about the fight is Frey was in the fight and since she was doing a lot of things right. And it was, you yeah. don't want to label it like a, a grappler versus striker type of thing because you both have skills elsewhere. But you kind of both know where you both wanted it. And you had to deal with some um, adversity, I think, after that first round because she was she she was doing well that first round. And then the second round, you came in, did fantastic. You came down to the third round. She was defending the takedown, Jimmy, if you remember this. And then that beautiful arm lock. Is that the, you've done that before in, in training or did you just pull that out? Uh, I don't know. Like I'm always like kind of just messing around with stuff. Like when it comes to jujitsu in my training. So I think I've done like a variation of it, but I've never like actually done that. Um, I knew going into the fight, like obviously we're both martial artists, but her strength is striking and mine was grappling. So I knew, and I knew she knew what I wanted to do. So like, I knew I had to get creative, especially in that third round. Like I knew I lost the first, you know, the second one, I thought I won, but you never know what the judge is. So um, I knew she wasn't just going to give me any takedown. So I was just kind of like, all right, well, we're going to do this. <laughs> we're just going to go with it. And it ended up working out. So Yeah, she tapped, too. They, I, they, they said something about that. She looked like she was uh, very relaxed. And then she had a very strange look on her face. And she just, uh, ah, she, she, yeah, she didn't. Uh, maybe she just knew there was nothing. I guess you had that in pretty tight. She probably knew there was nothing she was going to do. But that was yeah. an interesting tap. I, I thought it was interesting tap too. Um, I think it was like the arm shoulder lock that, that did it. You know, I don't think it was the triangle, but um, I mean, she was pretty deep in at that point. And I mean, even if I wouldn't have got the arm bar, I would have just started punching and elbowing. So I feel like it would have been a TKO or, you know, either way. So Right, right. In the position you're in. Yeah. I think she knew it was a checkmate, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Well, no one gets checkmated. They always resign before they're checkmated. That's kind of without what, like, you know, you don't, you don't get your arm broken. You, you tap before it's broken. That's kind of how it is. Smart. True. <laughs> the only yeah. thing that remotely looked like that where somebody got out was Corey Sanhagen versus mm-hmm. that Brazilian fighter, which I really wish I remembered the name. But Corey <laughs> Sanhagen gotten something very similar. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was studying it because he was getting ready to fight. I was, you know, he's had to fight Aljo after that. And I'm like, shoot this guy's hard to submit (laughs) you know what i mean because most people are gonna do what frey did right there and said all right you know what yeah maybe better luck next time type of thing yeah yeah and how's and and even though standing because you you got cut in that fight um yeah 
she was she might have been landing better, but you weren't you weren't gun shy. It looks like you've gotten a lot of work in upstairs. Yeah, so I mean, and I've done a lot more work since because I did like see a lot of holes in my game there, and I always knew like I had a lot of holes there, and it was just like that fight kind of opened my eyes. So, like, okay, you need to fix this now. Like, you're in the UFC, you're in the big leagues. Like, no more messing around. Let's let's get this done. But I've never been afraid to strike. Like, I've boxed professionally, um, and like. I started everything at once. So, I mean, I'm not scared to be on the feet, but my strength was grappling. And I knew she had a lot of experience, too, going into that fight. So, like, that's why when I went into the first round, like, I didn't go into the first round, like, trying to go, like, guns blazing, like, let's go for a takedown right away. Like, I didn't really go for much because I knew that's what, like, everyone knows what I want to do. Or, you know, especially when it's, like, a striker versus grappler. Uh, we both came from Invicta, too, so we were both very familiar with each other. Um, so I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to be on the feet at all, especially now, like I've changed, I didn't change camps, but I added classic fight team to my camp, um, working with Tyler Wombles and man, it's completely changed my game. So I'm hoping like you, everyone will see like the best version of me coming up. How do you feel uh, mentally? You know, obviously you're very open in, in your recent interview with bloody elbow about, uh, just your yeah. life and separating from your dad. And, and it's always great to see somebody talk about the stuff that a lot of people don't talk about because other people in that yeah. situation hear it and it makes it a little bit easier for, for them to do something. So how, how are you feeling mentally? And, and is, is this a, a different uh, camp for you? Yeah, so I, I got out of that situation like two years ago. So I'm a little bit removed from it. Um, so I've had a while, but I feel like recently, like I've kind of just like hit another level. And that's why I kind of opened up about it. And, like, it's only the tip of the iceberg for, like, you know, my story and my life. But I want to, like, slowly kind of open up about it and kind of use my platform as, like, you know, someone who is in, like, a similar situation that I was in. Like, you need to do what's best for you, you know? Just because their family doesn't, like, mean you should sacrifice, like, your mental health or your safety, you know? So uh, mentally, I feel great. I haven't felt this good mentally, like just about life, like not even about fighting. Like you take fighting out of the equation, like, like lately, like I've just enjoyed life and I feel like it's going to translate into my fighting. Cause like me enjoying life was like me enjoying training more and like me enjoying just or enjoying just like life, you know? So, um, I'm excited. I haven't been this excited to fight in a long time. So it's probably like my pro debut. So I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. And do you like that it's it, it's in the uh, situation that it's in within there in the pandemic where there's not the, the pressure of the crowd? Like that's got to make it a little bit easier to kind of counteract some of the, I'm sure the, uh, the early fight UFC uh, nerves that people go through. I don't know. Like for me, uh, I don't really pay attention. Like when I fought for Invicta, like there were crowds, but obviously the UFC has like a different like level of crowds, but like, it's kind of what you kind of like dream of, you know what I mean? Right. When you like, you go to the UFC, you're like, it's going to be like this big crowd. And like, you know, there's still the bright lights. It's still like everything, but that crowd missing, like, I mean, it might take some, some pressure off, but like, I feel like it takes away from the experience a little bit. So I am kind of bummed, like that. I haven't got to experience a crowd yet. You know what I mean? But oh, okay. you know, hopefully things will change. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But either way, I'm, I'm excited. You said you started with everything at once. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're so young being 21. When did you get started with your training? Um, I started training when I was 16. I was like freshly 16, I think. Yeah. And then I just, I literally saw, uh, I've told the story a few times, but I like, I watched Ron Rousey versus Betch Cohea. And I was like, three weeks later, I was in the gym and I was like, I'm going to be UFC champion. Like I walked in saying that and like, 
it still holds to this day but like i i've never had something in my life where i was like i'm so sure of this like i gotta do this and i haven't stepped out of the gym since so it's amazing how many people ronda rousey young women that yep. and yeah. then guys that she just influenced you yeah, know yeah for sure there was just this judo girl and i'm gonna look up her name because i just watched that fight last night on the um the dana white uh contender series yeah and this tough judo, I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna say her name later. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. But wow, she was talking about how she got influenced from Brazil. She got influenced by uh, Ronda, and she looked like a beast too. So all was these it, young uh, girls Pinedo, uh, Luana Pinedo? Yes, uh, the one last. It was last night. Oh, Pinero, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. She won uh, she had a ferocious, by strikes too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Nah, that's good. That's great. And now let me ask you, Kate. Did you take to everything? Like you, you said you learned everything all at once, and you had a pro fight with uh, with boxing. Did you take to the striking as as quickly and uh, as you did to the the groundwork? Because your your ground game looked special. For some reason, I just kind of gravitated towards like wrestling and grappling. Maybe it's like my body style. Maybe it's like I don't know what it is. But I definitely gravitated towards grappling more. The reason I started like like professionally boxing was because my second pro fight I lost. I got cut. I got bloodied. But like my hands just weren't crisp. You know, and I wanted to, like, take a step. So I didn't fight MMA for, for a little, like, six months, maybe. But, like, it felt like forever to me. It was, like, four months, maybe six months. But I boxed, like, four or five times in between just to, like, get experience only using my hands. You know, like, singling it out. Like, you can't wrestle. You can't grapple. Like, you can't kick. Just just box. Um, so that helped me for sure. And, like, but I don't know. Like, I for sure did take to grappling. But, like, lately I've I've for sure, like, leveled up in my striking. And I have, like, a new passion for striking that I haven't had since, like, you know, I first started training. So I'm I'm really excited. The fact that you started training at, you said, 16. Yeah. And you're in the UFC by 20. Now, yeah. what was your training? Were you tra doing two-a-days training sessions? You had to be kind of – how did you – Get on that like fast track to get into the UFC within four years. Uh, That's amazing. I just talked about this, but so I grew up playing softball and um, I played at high levels and I was a good student too. So like I was planning on going like Ivy League softball um, and playing that way. But when I was 16, I like it was in the middle of my junior year and I liked from the second I stepped in the gym, like literally like probably a month or less later, I dropped out of high school to train full time. Wow. I dropped out of high school. I was like, I'm all in. Like, I only want to do this. Like, cause like my attention span, like I could only focus on fighting. Like I used to do like school softball. Like, but when I started fighting, I was like, this is all I want to do. Like, I don't want to do anything else. So I dropped out of the middle of my junior year, um, to train full time. And then like six months later, I was only 16. So I could only fight pancreation. You know, that's when you like, yeah. it's like everything but the head strikes for kids. Um, so from 16 to 17, I did that. And then right when I turned 18, uh, like less than a month after I had my first amateur fight. And then that same year, a couple months later, I fought for Invicta. I made my pro debut at 18. Wow. But dropping out of high school, did you have any issues with your, I know you had issues with your dad. Was your mother, what did your mother say about that? Uh, so my parents actually like right before I started training, my parents split. Okay. So they went, they're going through like a tough split. So for me, like my mom, I wasn't talking to my mom at the time. So I was only with my dad. So for me, training was kind of like my escape. So like my dad supported it, 
Um, but when I dropped out, I was just kind of like, this is my, this is what I'm doing. Like, that's it. Like no one really had to say, I was just kind of like, I'm doing, this is my future and it is what it is. <laughs> hey, when you said you wanted to go to Ivy league and play softball, yeah. now you want, you obviously probably wanted to major in something cause you're saying Ivy league. What, what did you see yourself doing? Like if that had been your path, criminal psychology was what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to like be an FBI agent, um, and like do stuff like that. Like I've always been into like, you know, the show, like criminal minds sure, uh, and stuff like that. Like I always wanted to do that. Like that's what I wanted to do. I was set on it, but I guess there were other store <laughs> i'm actually i'm interviewing john douglas uh next week uh he was one of those uh the early fbi profiler um yeah. really interesting people and an interesting thing to want to do with your life at that young age yeah i i don't know i i always wanted to do it like criminal psychology was like what i was like all right i'm gonna do this and but i mean i guess i like to punch people or get punched better <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, would you be the type like you'd read, you'd see a horrible story on the news or you'd read something or whatever, and you would see the criminal's face and go like, what makes that person, like, what makes you want to be? Yeah, I, I've always been perplexed. Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, what is like, like, how are you, are you wired wrong? Was it like past experiences? Like, so I've always like been super interested in psychology in general, but something about like criminal psychology and like trying to figure out people who like aren't right you know, like really took to me. I don't know what it was. I just find it like super interesting. Like how does the brain work? Why does it work like that? Like what makes someone like kill someone, you know, like it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me. So I wanted to like figure that out and learn about that. Yeah. It's an interesting way to look at really, because you look at really terrible things, but it's a way to look at it analytically and not get caught up in the emotion or just the reaction of, Oh my God, that's yeah. crazy. you know, to actually look at it and kind of pick it apart. Yeah, I'd be like, why? I'm a big why person, so maybe that's why. You are. Are you like that with your fighting training and, and the way you approach other fighters? Yeah, looking for like, like what, like what was the source of that? Like, why did I do this? Like, why did I move this way? Why did I slip this way instead of this way? Like, how can I fix it? Like, I'm a big like, I break everything down little by little. I'm, I'm over. I'm an overthinker for yeah. sure. <laughs> you like all those crime shows, though. You like those like. I do. Yeah, like Criminal Minds. I like when I was like ten. I was like binge watching like these murder shows like and I was always been fascinated I don't know why I've always taken to them and I was like I want to do that like that seems so cool to me I love those shows like the Dateline shows oh, good. The See, the I, never, I never took to like the real like the Dateline the real shows as much because they always kind of scared me for some reason but like I like the fake ones like Law and Order <laughs> like Criminal oh, okay. <laughs> I like the fake ones a little better but um, they're, they're all for sure super interesting the real ones are, you know what's the worst thing about those is the 911 calls when you hear Yeah, yeah we have to listen to them. Oh, it, they're so hard to do. You hear the horror in people's, yeah. whether they find a dead body or there's a murder. So when you hear that, you know, that's the stuff, Jimmy, that could keep you up at night. Sure. So I recommend Jimmy. I look out for Jimmy. He's very sensitive. Don't, <laughs> delicate boy. Don't, don't listen to those, Jimmy. <laughs> you know? I have a recommendation. I have a book recommendation. Oh, uh, what is it, for, Jimmy? For Kay. Ready Player One? If you're into the psychology, oh. not Ready Player One, no. Okay. It's called The Gift of Fear. And it's by a guy named Gavin DeBecker. And he's a, he's a bit of a, a profiler. And he talks about um, threat assessment. And it's really amazing. If you're into the psychology of that stuff, 
about um, why people commit violent crimes and how violent crimes are always predictable. Like it's never random. It's always yeah. predictable. It's an amazing book. And if you're into that, you'll probably rip through it like I did in a very short period of time. Yeah, that sounds like a good book. I'm super interested in anything psychology related. So yeah, the gift of fear. Um, gift of fear. Now, are you a tape watcher when it comes to, uh, to fights? Or will you pour over tape and analyze them or no? So I early on, like, okay, I feel weird saying this because I'm only 21, but like, I feel like I'm like a vet of the game and like an up and comer at the same time because like this will be my like my 12th pro fight maybe. And like I've had like pro boxing fights. So I feel like I've been around for a while, even though I'm really young. So like I've been through phases and like I started off as like, like a tape watcher. Like I'd be laying in bed, breaking tape down. Like, you know, like she moves this way. She does this, her habits are this. But I, I kind of noticed, like, it got me focusing too much on, like, what they're doing and, like, not what I'm doing. You know, the way I look at it, like, anything that, like, I do should be them. And if it doesn't, then I need to get better, you know? So, like, obviously I have a general idea of, like, who she is as, like, a fighter or who my, like, opponent is as a fighter. But, like, I don't like to sit and break down tapes because – and then, like, on the flip side, like, people are evolving, you know? Like, I look at myself, like – how I feel like I've evolved from my last fight to right now. And like, I feel like right. I'm a, like not a different fighter, but like I have a different skill set. and like, I would hope that she's doing the same, you know what I mean? So I'm expecting the best version of her. So if I'm watching old tape and what if she comes out and does something like I've never done, like, it's just too much like, like thinking for me. So for me, like I let my coaches like, you know, do the tape watching. They tell me like what I should, what I shouldn't do. But like, other than that, like I'm just focused on myself, what I'm doing in my training, how I'm feeling and like what my strengths are. I like that attitude. You know, some people get too obsessed. Oh, I can't do this because he does that well. I can't put my head, head there. It's good to, you know, have at least a coach or two watch if if the if you don't want to personally watch it you know all right we can't we got to watch out for this the other person has a nice guillotine but at the end of the day like i tell my fighters or when i was fighting they got you know they got the problem because they're fighting you or they're fighting me that's how i look at it and like honestly as a fighter like i know everyone in my division like even outside of the ufc like i just i kind of just keep tabs like i'm a fight fan you know so I keep tabs of like fighters in my division, whether they're in the UFC or not. So like usually when a name's given to me, like I already know who they are. So like, I already know like what they're about. Like I may, I, maybe I don't know like su- certain like super details, but like I already know like, okay, well I think she's a grappler or like, okay, I think she's pretty well-rounded or like, I think she's this, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty like, I've always been like that. Like I've known of Corey, like since I was 18. Cause I'm like, okay, we're the same age. Like, you know, we're bound to fight like at some point. So like I've known of her, but like, I don't know too much about her fighting style, but like I know a little bit about like just from paying attention here and there, you know, we had some Matt. who is the fighter. Do you remember we were talking to somebody and he said that there was somebody he was going to fight and there was not a lot of tape on it. So he's like, I just watched this highlight reel. And it's like, when you're doing that, you're like, this guy's unbeatable. Like when, when it, like, it can work against you too. Cause you're watching their great moments. Yeah. That's another thing is like, you have to, if you're going to watch tape, you have to sit and watch like all three fives. You know what I mean? You have to watch every second of the fight because when you go and watch a video, like a highlight video, you're not going to see anything like bad that they do. You're only going to see weaknesses. Yeah. Which is good because like you want to see their strengths, but like, like, I don't know. For me, it's just like, I just spent too much time like thinking about them and like, like what are they going to do and what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And it's like, what about me? Like, I just need to focus on me. What do I need to improve? 
what am I good at? How do I make it better? And that's the only thing I'm focused on. That was Corey Sanhagen, I think, that's who said that. Oh, was it to our producer, Corey yeah. Sanhagen? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let me ask you, for, for our audience, wants to get to, they want to get to know you better. Yeah. One hobby that has nothing to do with training. Go. Uh, Shoot. Painting. What is it? Painting. I'm a big Paint? painter. I love painting. Yeah. Interesting. Is it like the Bob Ross stuff or is it um, pretty no, little, I, make a pretty little I, tree? No. Happy like, little I, flower? I have, a, I have an Instagram page for it. Uh, like, and I just post them and like, I don't know, for me, it's a great, like as a kid, I was always super artistic, but I got into softball when I was 10 and like, I was like treated like a little pro athlete. So I kind of abandoned it ever since. And then I got into fighting. So like, but like during quarantine, I picked it back up because I was losing my mind and I was like, I don't know what else to do with my life. So like I started painting and I was like, damn, like I forgot how much I love to like paint. And it's such a good contrast from like training and fighting because like training and fighting is so like violent and like, go, go, right. go, go. You paint and you're just like sitting there and like you're just like creating something like peaceful. You know what I mean? Nice. So yeah. What's the I'm Instagram big, page? Uh-huh. Uh, it's just K's Art Gallery. Oh, K's Art Gallery. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. Yeah. It's so nice. I can't even draw a, a, a stick figure. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like, the best drawer, but I'm like a good painter, I feel like. Yeah. Now, can you draw? Here's what I, or paint. Um, I, I used to be uh, mildly artistic when I was a kid, and I found some of my old pictures, and I realized they were shit. I wasn't artistic. <laughs> I thought I was. Until I found them as an adult, it was awful. But I could never do hands. Ha hands are really hard. Hands, like for me, are... Like, I don't understand how people, like, draw good hands. I don't know what it is about them because, like, they don't seem like they're too hard to draw. Like, you could draw everything else, but something about hands, like, they just look like some, like, like I don't know. It's, it's awful. It's drawing What's the hands. problem? You're putting six fingers on there or something? What's going no, on? No, it's it, like, it looks all like this form when you draw it for some reason. It's just, I don't know if it's, like, the, like, the, like, depth or, like, you know, like, I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but I can't figure it out. And it's been years, so. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think Bob Ross ever, he draws trees. I don't see that guy drawing any hands. <laughs> no, Maybe he just drew this. It's hard, Matt. Oh, I'm not going to try it. <laughs> I was going to say, now you should try it. <laughs> I don't think that's my cup. It'd be funny if Matt couldn't draw stick figures, but he drew amazing hands, like oh, Michelangelo-level hands. Imagine I'm the next Bob Ross. You never know. You got to try it. Yeah, it's not well, Okay, look, uh, you are the, uh, I believe, the final fight of the prelims, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yes, uh, you and Corey McKenna are the, uh, the main event of the prelims, which is, again, always a great fight. And I tell everyone we interview who has that spot that that's, a, that's the legit UFC saying that we think that you're going to motivate people to keep watching. Like, so that's a really good sign that the UFC has a lot of faith in you this early on. Yeah. And I think it's like me and Corey fighting. It's great for like, you know, what's coming, what's like, what's up and coming. You know, I feel like, um, you know, we're both 21. Like that's crazy. We're both so young and like, we're, we're where we want to be and we're, we're going towards like where we want to be. So I feel like, I, th I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, you know, I'm excited to, to get the opportunity to like have like that featured prelim spot. Um, and I mean, I, I can't wait. Like, I don't know. I get, I get nervous just thinking about it. My palms are sweaty, <laughs> but I'm, I'm super excited. Like, yeah, it's, I'm, it's been 12 weeks coming. So I've had Good. a lot of, a lot of buildup. <laughs> well, I'm excited too. Yeah. Listen, you let your hands go. You get a knockout. I wouldn't be upset, but I love your jujitsu. <laughs> So this thing hits the floor. I get all, I get giddy. I get all, when you yeah. did that arm lock, not just to see the reaction, it wasn't a yes, it was all like this. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry you had to see that. But listen, 
Awesome job, Kay. And we're a fan of your fighting. fighting. Really great. Thank you so much. All good right. luck on Saturday, okay? You're on a good, uh, it's a good card. Dos Anjos against uh, Paul Felder has stepped up, which is a great main event. 100%. Yeah. Talk to you soon, all right? Okay, thank you. Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at a historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate. Equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Savings, if any, vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS Consumer Access. The hits literally keep on coming. From one MMA event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. This weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than DraftKings, an official partner of the UFC. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new users a free shot at $1,000 in total prizes. Now, if you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA, it's easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion since 2012. That's $7 billion. So they know a thing or two about a big payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code UNFILTERED to get a free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes for this weekend's contest. That's promo code UNFILTERED to get a free shot at thousands of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Before we get Eric Anders, did you see uh, the Dana White Contender Series? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Three, um, I believe three contracts were given out. Um, Let me see. I have it right. Uh, Yeah, featherweight uh, Natan Levy. uh, Of course, lightweight Nicholas Moda and uh, strawweight Luana uh, Piero. And uh, that Levy took the fight on five days notice. He is an animal. And uh, what a great fight between him and Shaheen Santana. Uh, Shaheen Santana is a tall, lean guy, both really good on the ground. Uh, Santana was on his back for a lot of the fight. But uh, continually, I thought of you, of course, I watched it because continually getting out of bad positions, um, really, really good fight, and, and eventually uh, was submitted in the early, in the third round, beginning of the third round. And that Nicholas Moda, did you see that fight uh, with Joe Lowry? Very tough, Joe Lowry. Oh, yes. But that oh, Moda, yes. Moda uh, I think Lowry, it's Moda. though, Lowry definitely deserves some credit for just yeah. firing back after his nose is busted. Got shattered, yeah. You know, and he looked phenomenal. Um, uh, so listen, yeah, yeah, no, but that, that, but he was, that was, um, but that, uh, what is it, Nicholas? Uh, and Nicholas Moda, yeah. Yeah, very, very dangerous. Great boxer. Three and four punch combinations. Wait, who took it on five days notice? I'm looking at. Uh, that was uh, Nathan uh, Nathan Levy. Levy. Oh wow. Yeah, five days notice. That's very impressive. No. Yeah. And then I really Luana uh, Pinheiro. Pinheiro, yeah. Pinheiro. Uh, I, I listen, man. I want to see what's up with that girl because I was looking forward. 
I was looking forward to some stuff on the floor. Right. Because Stephanie uh, Frosto, she had some submission wins in her, and you see in like in the little uh, preview to the fight, and she had a nice armbar, a nice guillotine. She has good striking. Uh, so I was like, look, if this hits the floor, right. you know, I want to see what, and, and next thing you know, she just came in some powerful strikes. So, and she looks really just happy to be there. And, uh, you know, so congrats to, congrats to everybody that got signed. Yeah. Nathan, yeah. Nicholas, and, uh, Luana, the first fight, which was, um, Sabatello over Taylor Moore. Was it? Yes. Sab- yeah. Danny Sabatello. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, very dominant. He talked a lot of shit, like 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 he's a talker, and he's a very good wrestler, you know, very good wrestler. Mike Brown deserves credit because this is what I like about Mike Brown, because this is what I was thinking to myself. I'm like, all right, look, he's getting the fight down. He's just trying to beat him up from guard. He's hardly making a scratch on this guy, you know. But yet he's winning. He's dominating. But if you've watched the Dana White contender series before, you know what Dana is looking for. Yep for the intention of just ending that fight. It shows, and they will look, Danny Sabatello, you know, he was winning and he was dominating fairly easily. But Taylor Moore had a ground game. You know, it's not like he was just going to sit down there and get mounted, but he should have enforced, Mike Brown was pushing him. And he could have just said, listen, you're winning. Keep doing what you're doing. He goes, look, you got to, you know, try to pass the guard, get mounted. You know, let's look, you know, he was, he was encouraging his fight. Yeah. Don't just be content on getting a W because that's, that's not right. going to get you the contract. That's Mike right. Brown, you know how they say Bo knows? Remember those old school shirts? Bo, Bo knows. knows, yep. Mike Brown knows. Yes, he knows he does. what he's talking about. He's a former champion. He's, he's a, he worked the corners of champions. He's, he, that, he knows what he's talking about. Listen to him. Instead of talking shit, you know what you do? You pass the, If not, you know, you have to show the intention of trying to improve your position down there, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, you're just taking a comfortable win, and that's no way that's going to get you a contract. So I kind of knew when that fight was over. I'm like, all right, this ain't gonna. This is yeah. this guy's got potential as all hell because he's a phenomenal wrestler, but he's going to have to be better on the floor as far as you know improving your position and finishing somebody, whether by submission or ground and pound. Uh, you just said it, Matt. I think you said it well too. The uh, with the intention of finishing, even if you don't finish the fight again, Nicholas Moda against. Uh, Joe Lowry. I mean, that was a, a, a real slug fest. I, like an old school, a great, great uh, boxing match, just a great striking match. Um, you know, and, and Lowry is extremely tough. And if you win that decision, uh, you know, that to me is very, very much warranting. Jimmy, Jimmy, what I recommend, what I recommend with Danny uh, Sabatello before we get to Eric Anders in a second. Yes. Um, watch, go watch Glover Texera's last fight. That's Watch right. how he'll do a ground and pound from a close guard, half guard, enough for his opponent to give some kind of reaction, whether he's trying to hit him back or open up to get out. And then he goes right into jujitsu mode. All right, I'm done. I'm done striking. Now I'm just going to get past your guard. I'm going to look to mount you. I'm in improving his position. If it fails, he goes back and settles into half guard and does work. That's where he's going to have to start taking a page out of that book, you know? But man, I could talk about Glover all night. I, I, I know, although I think, you know, I got to be honest, uh, and at least you get to Eric too, to take, he takes a lot of punishment getting in like that. And he's so tough. I, I think that's, that's going to be hard to do if he fights Blahovich. I think that uh, with the way Blahovich hits and again, not of course to disrespect Santos or, 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 or uh, Anthony Smith, but uh, Jan Blahovich, I think uh, has underrated power. And I think it will be a little harder for Glover to take that 
from him coming in like that in order in order to get him on the ground. Well, listen to me. I know you respect his legendary Polish power. Yes, but you just said Anthony Smith. You we just talked about Thiago Santos. Every sure. time he touched him, he heard him. Sure. Let's throw in there Cuba Cutalaba. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. These are all beasts. Guess they what? Are. Guess what? Glove Teixeira. He did. All right, let's get Eric on. This all right, let's do it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. There he is. Hey, Eric. There he is. I'm so happy. Every time I see him, I remember when Ray Longo was on here. Just laughing about Eric's answer one time. Eric told him not to eat the cheese, and Longo started giggling like a schoolgirl. That never (laughs) – you remember – Eric, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Is he still eating cheese? Ray Longo, I think he's uh, stayed away from the cheese since. He actually lost weight, and he's growing his hair out. He's way past the midlife crisis. I don't know what he's going through. He might be a little longer. You never know. Eric, let me ask you about your nickname. Because me and Jimmy are – I know it. How, how, what is it, Jimmy? There's no, there's no debate about it. It's your boy. <laughs> what is it? Your boy. Your boy. Yes. Why? I thought you were saying it's Eric. Yeah, boy. I would know. No, I would never say that because there's one A in it. All right, let's start the interview now. Hey, hey, Eric, Matt, Matt, up, didn't, Matt, Matt thought it was yeah, boy. I'm like, no, it's your boy. Every time I saw it, I'm like, I love his nickname. Yeah, boy. And yeah. I would just yell it. And then I realized it's I'm not the play to play. Right, exactly. Yeah. How, how did you get the nickname? What did somebody give it to you? Or did um, man, it's just kind of the way I talk. You know, I say your boy a lot. Help your boy out. Let your boy borrow five dollars, and then people say, "Oh, your boy, your boy, your boy," and it just kind of stuck. Oh, okay. It just kind of became. Uh, how how are you handling the uh, the pandemic? You haven't fought since like, what was it, May, so uh, fairly early on into this whole thing, and now here we are six months later. How are you holding up? Uh, man, I'm good. You know. Uh, Really haven't changed much at all. You know, I've traveled. You know, I've left the country. Um, I've kept training, still training. And, uh, yeah, you know, so my life hasn't changed a whole lot at all. Where did you travel to? Uh, my wife and kids and I uh, went to Croatia. Wait, now, are, are, is, is, are you, is you and your wife from Croatia? Or did you just want to visit there? Was your family? No, my, uh, my stepson, uh, his dad lives in Croatia. So we all just kind of went on vacation. Uh, for my youngest son's birthday out there. Oh, okay. And was it hard to get in with the borders closed or how'd you guys do it? Um, kinda, uh, my wife went the day before us and, uh, you know, there were some Americans trying to get in the Croatia way, uh, as well. So, but they got turned away. They sent them back cause they weren't letting anybody in. And the only reason why she got in is because, you know, her son is a Croatia is a European citizen and his dad lives in Croatia and whatnot. And, uh, so, when she was over there, she saw that happen. She texted me and she was like, hey, write a letter saying you're teaching a seminar or something. 
So, man, I had one of the uh, one of the girls from the gym write up this letter, make it nice and pretty. And uh, when I got to customs, they were like, why are you here? I was like, oh, I'm just coming to teach the seminar, you know. And uh, she's like, do you have a letter? So I handed her this paper that I that I forged. And uh, she's like, all right, stamp the passport. And then me and my son, you know, uh, got into the country like that. What a smart thing. To, by the way, this is international intrigue. What a smart thing to do. But you got to be careful <laughs> now if you go back to Croatia because you've admitted how you got in. Uh, but man, you know, I don't know if they have a statute of limitation or if they're going to remember me or what. I seriously doubt there's a customs a- agent probably who's right. going like, to write down. He's like, Eric Anders, <laughs> next time he comes in, get him. He might be a fan. What a smart thing to do, though. I, I didn't think that would work. You, yeah, this is my letter. I'm here to teach, and, and this is what I'm doing. And how long did you stay for? Uh, two weeks. Had you been before? Yeah, it was my second time. It's a beautiful oh. country. Never been. I, 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 you know, I suggest you go. Well, what did you, it's got to be frustrating when you're in a foreign country, like especially a nice place and there's not much to do because of everything being closed. So you guys were just kind of, was it still um, kind of open there? Yeah, well, man, they, I think they had like one of the lowest cases of Corona in the entire world oh. and uh, things were open back up. You know, there were people walking around everywhere. The only where you place you had to wear a mask was like public transportation. Now uh, you're, you're obviously, you're fighting um, Antonio Arroyo. And what do you think we were just talking before you came on about uh, Teixeira and, and his amazing victory over Santos? Because it really was. He always looks like he's just about to get knocked out. And then the next thing you know, he's on top of you. Uh, what, do, what do you think about the light heavyweight division? It seems like things are really uh, getting more interesting since Jones left, which I didn't think was going to happen. But I guess without him there now, there, there's so many different paths to the top, it seems. Um, I, I don't know. It just seems to kind of reignite the division. Yeah, man, you know, I think it's a, like a shallow division. But I think at the top, man, those motherfuckers are hitting hard and, you know, they're highly skilled. You know, I guess it's the same in every division. But, you know, the bigger you are, you know, the harder you punch. And, uh, you know, I'm just it's, – it's crazy how Glover can take it like that and not put out because it's not a toughness thing, you know. If someone hits you and knocks you out, it's, he didn't knock you out because you weren't tough. Right. He shut the lights off, you know. So at 41 years old with the chin like that, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive. It was exciting, that fight. Yeah. I, I thought he was. I thought. I thought Santos had him. I mean, I'm. I'm like, yeah, this is two or three times. He made him face plant, and he said he got up and finished the takedown. Yeah, Glover's impressive, man. But now there's a lot of talk, and we've talked a lot about this too. About guys jumping out of the division, and I guess I I, I get it because you want a bigger fight. But yeah, Blahovich now has got the belt. And he wants to fight out of Sanya, but now you have Glover, and you're like, shit. I'd like to see him get a shot before he's any older. Well, I mean. The thing I don't like is when guys jump from one division to the next and get a title shot without fighting in the division. I understand Adesanya's a champion, but different ball game at 205. Man, those guys are more durable. They're stronger. They hit harder. You know, when I fought Thiago Santos, man, I thought that I was going to knock him out. I really did. You know, I watched David Branch fight him, and David Branch put him out, and I was like, man, I'm surely I hit harder than David Branch, but at 205, you know, uh, I don't think that they dehydrate as much. I think it's a lesser percentage of their body weight. So it's not as harsh on the body, and, they can t- and they're more durable and can take more punishment. Yeah, I see that, and that's an interesting way to look at it because it seems like some guys go up and they're fighting guys who are bigger than they're used to fighting, and so it affects them negatively. But I guess you're right. Your, your own body is healthier because you haven't had to cut like that. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what, you know what Chiago walks around at, but I've heard Jan uh, – say that he walks around at like 220 that's not you know 220 225 that's not a huge uh you know light heavyweight but man if that guy tried to fight at 185 man he'd probably you know be hurting yeah 
Now, wait, is this a short notice fight? When did you take this fight? Uh, about two and a half, three weeks ago. I was actually on the on Fight Island with Walt, Walt Harris uh, whenever they called me uh, for the fight. Oh, shit. And and I saw you were already training, helping Walt? Or what were you? Yeah, I was helping Walt. Walt. I wasn't like in fight shape or nothing. Man, the good thing about being on the island is, man, the food wasn't that great. And they didn't have a bunch of like candy and sodas and sugar and stuff. So my weight was good. You know, whenever they called me, so I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do that. I'll tell you right now, Eric, next time you're on that island, you say there's no candy. Don't visit Dana's room, whatever you do. Because I go in there oh, like a little fat kid Willy Wonka. Remember that fat kid in Willy Wonka? Christmas me. gloop. Oh, that's where was that? I'm going to go They, they set up time. Dana with these, this, this little, candy. I tell you right now. <laughs> It had everything from Kit Kats to fucking gummy bears and the root beer gummies. And where he gets that at? thing, like, he's like, hey, help yourself. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you little fatty. Man, hey, steal your boy some uh, some of them gummy bears next time you're up there. Oh, 100% I will. Yeah, do that for you. Do that. Do that. Hey, we love Walt Harris, too. I, I think he's going to eventually, uh, he'll run for office and win if he hasn't. Uh, I think we talked to him about that, but eventually I think he's going to have a life. Because he's such a, a good dude, um, I think he has a, a definite future in politics if he wants it. Yeah, you know he's he's he, he's very uh, people friendly. He sticks out in the crowd. He's got one of those big Bulgarian uh, personalities. He's a bubbly guy. Yeah. You know, uh, he would do good in office. And when you went to fight out, was that your first time there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Was it what you expected, or, or you said the food wasn't great? It wasn't. No, it uh, it was not at all what I expected. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, that I got to go out there and whatnot. But when they first went out there and I was looking at all the other fighters' videos, you know, they were riding around in uh, Formula One cars. And, you know, it looked like they were having a blast. Yeah. But, you know, Abu Dhabi was still shut down because of COVID uh, to the public. So they just opened it up for the for the UFC guys, I guess. But when we got there, it was open to the public. So they wouldn't let any of the, you know, fighters or corners go around the public. So we had like 50 yards of man-made beach with no current or waves or anything like that. And the hotel room. And that was about it. Oh, wow. And you said the food wasn't great. It was just kind of a plain. I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I'm a food guy, you know, I like to eat wherever I go, whatever country I'm in, but it was just like, I, I didn't feel like I was experiencing Abu Dhabi. I could have right. been in Vegas and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference outside of the, you know, the topographical features and whatnot. I, I think that's due to the times, obviously, because the quarantine yeah, yeah, sure. is in that. And I'll tell you right now with the food, the, the gluten-free penne bolognese was pretty fucking good. <laughs> you liked it? It wasn't exactly I, a I lamb kebab, but it was, listen. It was, <laughs> yeah. I had a burger. I was like, dude, this is like meatloaf. This is not, this is not like a real Oh, burger. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. That's like if I go to the Olive Garden, I'll start, I'll take a bite of that breadstick, I'll start flipping over tables. I don't like that shit. Yeah, yeah. But will you eat cuisine and play? Like, are you a brave eater? Like, I, I'm so nervous getting uh, food poisoning. Uh, are you, are you, oh, you don't care? You'll just try anything? Yeah. The only thing I don't eat is seafood, man. I don't eat nothing to swim. But if I'm in another country, yeah, I'm going to experience everything in that country that I can, especially the food. And the beer. Does seafood freak you out, or do you not like it, or did you get sick from it once? Nah, we, uh, when I was younger, uh, we lived in the Philippines, and we had a, uh, a house lady that would come, and she would cook, and I, 
walked through the kitchen one day and uh man she cooked the fish with the head like the fish was staring back at me in my eyes yes. and, I, and it's, I couldn't stand the smell and just from that day on it's you know traumatic childhood experience i think i got ptsd from that <laughs> it, it scarred you why were you in the philippines is you you one of your parents in the military my mom was in the air force yeah Oh, wow. Um, did you learn to fight? It's funny. You watch an officer and a gentleman when he was a kid, uh, Richard Gere, like they show his childhood in the Philippines and he learned to fight because he was in the Philippines with his dad in the Navy. Did you start fighting then when you were a kid? Did you train nah, all over there? Man, I have zero combat experience before I started training MMA. JV high school wrestling is, is all I have. Oh, okay. Did you ever see that movie, Officer and a Gentleman? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. it's not a must-see. It's a good movie. No, Lucas won the Oscar for it. It was a good movie. But I mean, I, it's just from my first Might one. be a little dated. Yeah, I'm, I'm an older man. I mean, no, no, it's not I like older movies. I like older movies. I'm, I'm a movie guy. I just haven't seen that one. What's the last thing you've seen and how'd you like it? I'm watching The Tax Collector uh, right now, actually. It's um, uh, these Mexican guys. They're, they're gang members and they go around take, you know, collecting tax and from other gang members and what and whatnot, and he's got Shiloh the Buff, who I'm pretty sure isn't Mexican, but you can't tell in this movie. He's got the the, the accent and everything. He's a fucking fabulous actor. That guy yeah, he is, is good. He is good. How come we don't see more of him? I loved him in Transformers. Matt, you know, I was just looking at his thing because uh, my coach was in here, and he was uh, he didn't know that he was on Disney when he started. You know, he was on that show Even Stevens uh, back in the day, and uh, you know, so I looked at his. Uh, IMBD or whatever. And yeah. man, he's in a couple movies. He's in another movie that came out last year called Honey Boy that I didn't know. And I'm going to have to check that out because I like Shia LaBeouf. You ever seen the movie the Fury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He killed that with with uh, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. And they're in the tank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was good. That was a good yeah, one. That was a good movie. Jimmy, I you never like saw the tank movie. Never heard of it. What? No. Jimmy just watching his fucking old Ozzy Osbourne concerts on fucking DVD. No, I was watching an officer and a gentleman again. <laughs> Jimmy, you gotta live, man. That's a good movie. No, he just did a live read. He played Spicoli in the live. They just did a huge live reading of um, Fast Times, like like a, like on Zoom for charity that Sean Penn uh, got involved. It was all. It was like Jennifer Aniston was in it. Julia Roberts. They just did it probably about two months ago. And he played Spicoli and he was crazy. He was like, he was getting high while he was doing it. And he was in his garage in a car. It was really nuts. Um, so yeah, he's a committed guy, committed yeah, actor. Man. Like I, to me, I think the accents is the hardest thing for an actor to do. You yeah. know, Cause, man, you can practice crying. You can do all the other stuff, but dude, he is killing this, everything about him. He's got the Lokes tattoo. He's even got cauliflower ear in this movie, which <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with him being Mexican, but I'm waiting for them to, say why he has was he MMA fighter did he wrestle or what but you know it just started about 20 minutes in it's on Netflix no nah, I'm streaming baby I got the fire stick you know, oh, okay. about so where would I watch that where was what is that get you a fire stick <laughs> don't be asking your boy <laughs> uh, no you uh we oh, he's talking, oh, the accent nothing wrecks a movie by the way faster than someone who does like there's a movie called Dangerous Minds years ago which is what made like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. was in that and, and she was in and out of this southern accent and it was just distractingly weird um, yeah yeah do you remember the movie yeah but man that movie came out when I was like five or six or seven or something like that I, I watched it. But I never pay attention to like her. Like I, I just watched the movie just to watch it. Never really like 
oh, her accent sucks or anything like that. I'll go back and watch it today, though. I got plenty of time. Well, that is the weird thing to do is I'm talking about this movie like it, I'm, it came out two weeks ago and I forget that it was like 1993. I do that all the yeah. time. I reference older movies and the people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. Well, Jimmy's an actor and Jimmy has an excellent, um, what is it, Jimmy? You do, the London, the English accent, Jimmy. Show oh, Eric. I can't. I'm under contract and oh. they told me I'm not allowed to do it unless okay. I'm on set. Is that a real thing? <laughs> No, he's, we're both lying. I cannot oh, do an man. English accent. <laughs> <laughs> but he is an actor. Listen, hey, hey, Eric, any, listen, you see like Michael Bisping doing the stuff with the stunt work and some acting stuff and Warrior and some other stuff. You ever think about getting into anything like that? Any kind of movie stuff or anything? You look like an action hero. Birmingham, Alabama right now is actually kind of a hot spot for, for movies. And uh, me and a couple other guys did some stunt work and some extra stuff for a movie called uh, Embattled with uh, Stephen Dorff. Do you know who that is? No, I mean, know name, from, yeah. Of course, from was, uh, Blade. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think he was the true detective uh, for a season. But uh, yeah, it, it was cool just to, you know, be behind the scenes and, and see how movies are made. And, you know, Bisping seems to be bubbling off that stuff. You know, every time I turn around, he's in something else, so. You know, maybe I could do something like that, too. Were you surprised by how, like, there's so much downtime behind the scenes of a film where there's so much just a cut, the lighting, you know, so much shit that you don't see. Like, would, would, what surprised you the most about it? Uh, like, when you see two people talking in a thing, in a, in a scene, sometimes it's just the one person talking, and they have, like, an extra. It's not even the other actor standing there. You just see, like, the back of the head or, like, a quarter angle. So it'll be, like... You know, Stephen Dorff uh, yelling at his son, but, you know, you're watching Stephen Dorff yell at him and you can kind of like, you know, like they kind of pound out. You catch like a quarter angle of the, yeah. the back of the other guy. And uh, it wasn't even the kid. It was just, you know, Stephen Dorff just talking to some random person. And uh, how often they like redo every scene. That also kind of like, I'm like, damn, they do this shit a lot. <laughs> yeah, and weird things will screw it up. It could be, you know, for a long time, it was a boom mic dropping in or lighting or there's yeah. a sound problem. There's so many things, and it gets frustrating after a while. People are like, what the fuck is it? Yeah, so it's interesting to hear. So, you know, this wasn't like a, you know, super major Hollywood Steven Spielberg production or anything like that, but, uh, man, it was still cool to see, you know, how they do everything and, how they film it scene to scene and day to day and stuff like that. You got to start yeah. somewhere. George yeah, Clooney yeah, started you know. with uh, the gold. He was on the golden girls. Well, did a guess that, that's actually making it, but I'm talking yeah. about, he started in killer tomatoes, the attack of the killer. Tomatoes. Hey, I seen that too. Yeah. You see what Who I'm saying? That? That's what he started with. George Clooney. Really? That was, his, I thought ER was his first gig. No, oh, I forgot that about was, ER. Oh no, ER's got to be ERs is fuck that. How do I forget that, that? He must have stepped in shit if that's his first gig. And what about Dust Till Dawn? Yeah, seen that too, man. And wait, back to Blade with Steven Dorff. He was great in that. You ever see Blade? Of course, man. I've seen them all. Yeah. The, the best. First that, the best that's one. an underrated movie. People always talk about the Marvel movies. Blade's one of the first ones that came out that was badass. I think, well, one, I don't think that too many people back then like recognized that Blade was a Marvel uh, super. I think they were just thinking about it as a vampire movie. And two, I think they're remaking Blade uh, yes. now. I forget who they're having to, to be the actor or whatnot, but not I'll be right here with, Nah, I don't think so. I think he's a little <laughs> little over the hill, man. He might uh, be a little but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be right here in the bed with the fire stick. 
to, to get Man, to. I can't wait. One of the best reasons that best one of the best uh lines in that movie is when he like I think he just takes out Stephen Dorff at the end and he says, Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And he says it cooler <laughs> than that. And then he just yeah. does something cool. It's such a good movie, Jimmy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll see so it. I, I forgot it was a vampire movie. Too. I, I've heard of it. And until you it guys just said, I forgot it was a vampire movie. But just with that. The only thing I didn't like about that movie is when uh, Steven Dorff shows up in the day and he's like, oh, I got sunblock on. I'm like, man, come on, dude. What? <laughs> Sunblock's not going to help you. You're a <laughs> yeah. vampire. Dude. You're supposed to poof, explode, smoke, yeah. fire. Well, yeah. he probably had like fucking 300,000. Fuck. It was probably really powerful. Not that SPF, funny, Ginger. Like, it's probably a really powerful sunblock. Yeah. yeah probably made by the vampires, right? And why Blade was so powerful? Because they called him like the Daywalker because he had all the powers of the vampires, yet he could hang out in the daylight. Didn't bother yeah. him. And he don't need that bullshit sunblock. Just like my buddy nah. Dean Thomas. He don't need that shit. No, nah, no. Nah, especially Wesley Snipes. He got that built-in sunblock. He's super straight. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. But I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right eric you're fighting on the uh the main car this Saturday. It's a, it's a good main event too um yeah uh felder paul against, felder's uh, the man dude paul felder to the rescue dude, that takes nuts to do that shit yeah i guess rda yes it does and he's never if felder win or lose is never in a in, a, in, a, in an unexciting fight now he's always uh whether you know whether it's mike perry or dan hooker it doesn't matter if he wins or loses he's a fun guy to watch he's always in shape too. Right. always yeah, I think he was training for a triathlon uh, before he took this fight because you know he was kind of flirting with retirement and whatnot. And, sure. Uh, so I don't know how much like MMA training he's been in, but I'm sure if you're training for a triathlon, that motherfucker's probably been riding a bike for you know 20 miles a day and shit. So I'm sure that he's going to be in shape and uh, his cardio is going to be there for sure. Plus, he's a good announcer too. I think it's got to be harder. Like once these guys start announcing. I mean, it, it's a, a, a much easier way to make a living. Um, and when you look at like Cruz or, or, D, or DC, when they start doing it, it's got to be difficult to re-motivate yourself when you're, you know, you're on that side of it. Well, you know, you can go get punched in the face for probably less money than, than you're making to, to call a fight. You know, so yeah. what sounds more appealing to you? Right, of course. Yeah, it, 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 I, I'm amazed they still fight. Man, you can put on a suit, comb your hair, yeah. you know, not bust a sweat. I'm sure they got some great food in the, in the green room, yep. you know, yeah. and, you, you know, you just hang out, you know, after the fight. Or, you know, you know, you can get your anxiety up and, you know, sweat and get punched in the face, black eye, buddy lip, missing teeth. You know, broken hand, you know, being a commentator doesn't sound like a bad gig to me. Not at all. And I'm amazed that anybody who's commentating will still fight. Like, I'm, I'm amazed that they, I guess, they, you know, that's how much people like, uh, I guess people miss the competition too, you know, like. Even, I think even, that some people just have a passion, you know, commentating may not be like Daniel Cormier's passion, you know, fighting was his passion. So, yeah, you know, he probably feels like a little, you know, empty inside, if you will. Right. Uh, when he's not competing and fighting because man when you're commentating it's not you're not competing with anybody I don't think you know so uh, there may be something that they that they miss and, and long for uh, in the fight game and before we let you go have you thought of what you would do after I mean obviously you have quite a while before that happens but like is there a path you've looked at and go yeah someday I could see myself doing that man, I've done some commentating gigs I've done the you know, some acting stuff, you know, just really whatever kind of falls into my lap. But 
this is a good thing about my situation is uh, me and my wife is, have invested every penny that I've made. And so now we're trying to make it so that I can make uh, like residual income off of real estate and stuff. Uh, Matt, your boy, Al, Al would be would be proud. Yeah. And uh, then I don't have to do anything. And then, you know, I have options. Like, I'm not forced to fight longer than I need to. I don't have to get off the couch if I don't want to, you know. So that, that's, 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 that's the real goal for me, to have options and be able to say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, yeah, I'd like to keep doing it just because I love it or whatever. What a smart thing to do it now, too, to start setting up. Because so many guys wait until they're done with whatever they're doing. And then they're like, now what? <laughs> You're better off starting off now and saving it. It's probably a smart way to go. Yeah, super lucky for me. I met a very financially savvy uh, woman because, uh, man, dude, I've had money before. Someone gave me $25,000 just to sign autographs uh, when I was coming out of college. And the first thing I did was go to Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, so clearly I'm not responsible with money. But she is. So I just, you know, listen to her and. You know, we do, uh, she kind of points us in the right direction. We need that, guys. Let me tell you, without my wife, I would just be a slob. Just like yeah. Paul walking around like a stooge. You know what I mean? Jimmy knows that. That's why yeah. he's smiling. You need, a, you need a good person behind you. Yeah, it's imperative, especially if you don't have the, if you lack in a certain area or skill set, and that person can pick up the, the slack in that area. So for, for me, it's money because I'll, you know, party and nickel and dime myself away and have nothing but she's you know penny pincher don't spend any money Smart. works makes money so we're good let you me gotta tell have you something that. there's other girls out there and i'm not attacking my mother but she ruined my father's line of credit i remember i used to answer the phone calls on the, my house it's okay they don't care now but i used to answer they, if it's a bill collector just your parents aren't home <laughs> yeah, man, i yeah, yeah. home i was a kid i didn't know what the fuck i was doing <laughs> My mother ruined my father's credit. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. Thank yeah, goodness. Got an eight, like an 820 credit score. So it's crazy. It's my credit is fucked up and I did it by myself. So I didn't need her help in doing that. <laughs> hey, man. Well, you're making the right decision, yeah. buddy. And I'm looking forward to you watching. watching yeah. Antonio Arroyo uh, this Saturday. Uh, in Vegas on the main card, of course. And uh, it's always good talking to you, man. We'll definitely uh, talk to you whenever you want. So thanks for coming on. Man, I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. Yeah, it's a really good card this uh, this Saturday. And again, yeah, hats off to Paul Felder for stepping up on such short notice. He's just, and he probably was. I didn't realize he was training for a triathlon. I think Nate Diaz stays in shape that way too. Always Jimmy, training for something, yeah. You're right though, Jimmy. The controversy's over. It's your boy. Your boy. Yeah, I don't know. Not what, your, what, yeah. What your did boy. I think? Yeah, boy. No. I mean, that was Flavor Flav. Your boy. <laughs> hey, man. Really quick, I want to talk about, oh, we already talked about the Dana White contender series. Hey, yeah. I, I, man. I, I, I enjoy those. I enjoy those fights a lot. Let's, talk, let's, do, let's do a little, a little uh, pick. Let's do, sure. we, don't do the, uh, we don't have to do the main call. We don't have to do the whole thing. Or do you want to? You can do the main and the co-main. It's up to you. Let's do, the, let's do the co-main and main. All right, buddy. All right, because it makes it a little bit more exciting. All right, let's 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 um Abdul Razak. Uh Razak Al Hassan against Chaos Williams. Uh, let me have to open this up because my eyes again are getting bad. I know people wow. are sick of hearing me complain about that. My apologies. Wow, I'm looking at this. Well, he did knock out mm, he Nico, did knock yeah. out Nico Price, man. Mm -hmm. 
He took out Nico Price, and then he lost his last one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. versus Lazaz. Lazaz. Kill people's names. Um, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Chaos Williams. Okay. How? I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to, it's going to be a fast and furious one. I'm going to say, this is what I'm going to say. Second round knockout. Huh. Well, you and I are uh, on the same page. Except, I don't want to be. Get off my page. Abdul oh. Razak Alassane is going to win second round stoppage. Oh, you said the opposite. Yes. Jimmy, I like when you spice it up. <laughs> okay. Now listen, this is very interesting. Now very. Listen, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to go with RDA only because Paul Feld is stepping in. At, I, I, I might be different if they had a bullfight, a full camp. I'm sure Paul's not going in there out of, I would never count Paul Felder out. So it's not like he wins. I'm going to be like, Oh mm-hmm. man, I'm shocked. Cause he is a beast. Paul Feld is a beast. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. I enjoy Paul Felder. I, but RDA, former champion, coming off a couple of losses. How many four out of five losses? He's lost four out of five. Yeah. And like you said, maybe it's time for a win. Huh? Yeah. Well, how are you taking him? Because I'm also taking RDA. I'm going to take RDA by decision because I just think Paul Feld is too hard to finish. That's exactly what I was going to say. And the fact that Paul hasn't had a full camp. um, And again, him, but I mean, he's coming off a tough decision loss to Hooker. Um, I'm going to take RDA by decision as well. But again, I think mostly because he had a camp and, and, and Paul is coming off no camp. And again, the, the guest type, but again, if he's training for a triathlon, hold on a minute, hold on. I know you're hold thinking on, hold on, hold on. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Really you know what? Not you, Jimmy. Come here. Give me a hug really quick. My wife's got my other kids out and they go, they go shopping. So Jimmy, what I do is I'm just hanging out. Want to say hello to my friend? Um, is my youngest. Hey, oh. Sophie. Hello, how Hi, are you? Sophie. Hi, look at us. It's like we're on television. Give me a kissy. Okay, now get back out of screen. I love you. Go ahead. All right, Jimmy. My kid just wanted to make an appearance. So what do we got? And that what bought you time to pick? You make your pick. I'm gonna change my pick. It, Jimmy, you little spicy little bird. Felder. Oh Second God. round stoppage. Oh, listen to me. Here's my thinking. Because he hasn't had a camp. He's still got cardio, but he's going to want to get it done quick because he has not had a camp. So I think Paul Felder is going to come out, especially coming off that decision loss to Hooker. He's going to come out fairly aggressive. Um, so second, maybe third. My, my initial instinct was third round stoppage. So yeah, I'm going to change it to third round. So I think, I think third round stoppage because he's going to come out and he's going to want to do it even training for a triathlon, I still think it's not the same as a regular camp. So that's that's why my pick is my pick. Which is third round stoppage. By third round stoppage. Third round stoppage, yeah. Because I think he's going to come out very aggressive simply because he has not had a camp. And he doesn't want to go to the fourth and fifth. He doesn't have to. Listen, you're only as good as your last predictions. That's right. So that means I'm fucking excellent. You are. Not Jenny. Come on, stop it. Listen, I listen. 
I had a I had something in me that said that Glover was gonna. Now I'm being a bragger, bragging. Yeah, but you were right. That was a good pick. Thank um, you so much. That, that, that was a good pick. Well, just because you and Rashad picked the opposite, we did. All That's right, I'm, I'm, I'm done, Jimmy. It turns me off when I brag about myself. Like well, that. I like it. I'll tell you right now, I was killing it in Population One earlier. Is that is that is it silly to brag about video games? No, games? yeah, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, so you we both made our picks. Yes. And uh today is uh Wednesday. I was about to do it again because every day kind of blends in. Today is Wednesday. So we got fights this weekend. Yeah. I'm excited about that, Jimmy. Uh what time are the fights, my friend? I'll tell you in one second. Let's buddy. look that up. We should. Oh, I got it. I got it first. Four o'clock is the prelims. Prelims start at four. What's that? Maine is seven o'clock on ESPN, four PM Eastern on uh espn plus and the main is on espn plus at 7 p.m i love it Jimmy, i Vegas. love having the fights every weekend I, it, it makes me so happy it's great it gives me something to do yep and uh you know it's a party at the sarah house and you're always welcome to come over here i will soon i, I would love to all right, love to. Thanks, all right buddy. buddy i miss you i'm gonna touch base with you this weekend yes well, we always oh, do and people have been hitting me up with the ufc unfiltered the ufc unfiltered uh instagram page caught my little Beetlejuice reference the other day. They know what I'm talking about. Of course they do. Oh, they love us. And I want to thank everybody because yeah. Jimmy, they love us and I love them back. Thank you, Unfiltered Army. Yes. Say, Jimmy, and could thank you, you. Unfiltered Army. I do. Could you? What? Thank you, Unfiltered Army. <laughs> you said that. Well, I was going to thank Kay Hansen and Eric Anders, but I will also thank the UFC Unfiltered Army. I, do, I know what I got to get better at, Jimmy. Yes. Goodbyes. I'm not that yeah. great with them. I, okay. I kind of like drag it out. That's okay. Because I miss you. I miss you too. All right. All right, everybody. Jimmy, I'll touch base with you by this weekend and I'll, right. uh, we'll talk. Okay, buddy. Be good. Goodbye, everyone. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.